Hello, hello. You're on At The Table with Gail on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. Welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Tania. Yes, we've got a few recipes today and I'm sure they're going to enthrall. Now, as we spoke before, we're going to save our Halloween ones for just a little bit down the track. Yeah, yeah. no. Do you time celebrate? to make them. Well I, well, I don't celebrate, but I was looking at the supermarket with the big bags of lollies there. Oh, yeah. And uh, to give out kids. So I usually get a lot of children at the door. So I just bag it, you know, buy a big bag of lollies so that I can distribute Aww. them. And I use that trick or treat. You've got to do a trick if you want to get a lolly. Do they? Yeah. And sometimes they do or tell really? a joke. Yeah. Some of them are too shy. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but they're not, shy enough. they're not shy enough to take a lolly. <laughs> I've some, some, seen some of the cheeky beggars come to the door in their pyjamas with their hands out. I'm like, you're not even in fancy dress. You no. haven't even got dressed. Yeah, most of them get dressed up, which is great. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to start off because I looked at this and I thought, mm, I know it's just sort of like we're approaching... Summer, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah, right. And um, so I just thought, well, dal's not necessarily a winter food, is it? Not really. But it's a comfort food, isn't it? I like dal a lot. Yeah. I think it's really underrated. People go, oh, it's lentils, man. How boring. Yeah, that's right. It's but not. anyway, it's not. And it's, look, as I said to you before, it's a, a no fat fuss, budget-friendly and meat-free comfort food. Um, and it says, you know, for chilly nights, but... You can still get a chilly night in the summertime, and I just think, well, you can have it anyway. I like it. Mm. So we're going to start off, and it's very easy, two cups of um, red lentils rinsed and six cups of water, one teaspoon of turmeric, now, one knob of ginger, they said, so I presume that, you know, when they get them in all funny shapes, <laughs> well, just Pull off a knob, and I think that's what they mean. And uh, cut that into thin strips. And 70 grams of butter, three teaspoons of cumin seeds, and three teaspoons of ground coriander. Now, what we're doing, because, and oh, sorry, and I nearly forgot a quarter of a cup of um, fresh coriander leaves if you've got them. But if not, um, substitute that with a little bit of powder. Now, what you're doing is adding the lentils, water, turmeric, and ginger to your slow cooker and stir to combine, and just, you know, so that they're well mixed. Now, you're cooking these on high for three hours or until the lentils are tender. So that should be plenty of time, Tania. Mm. When the dal is ready, season generously with salt and remove those ginger slices um, and taste it, you know, to see if there is, you know, that seasoning is sufficient for what you've put in. Now, just before serving, it says heat the butter in a small fry pan over a medium heat and add those cumin seeds and let them sizzle until fragrant. You know, mm. they pop, I think, don't mm. they? Yeah, and remove the pan from the heat and quickly stir through uh, the ground coriander and pour half the butter into the mixed dal and stir to combine. And to serve, if you want to, spoon the remaining spice mix over the top of the dal and sprinkle with the fresh coriander. Now, that sounds really, really lovely. But, you know, it says that you can serve it with rice or maybe um, a garlic roti mm. or something like that to eat with it or spread on it. But, I mean, I quite like dal on just on a, uh, a rice cake. Um, oh, a, yeah. You know, big... 
um, cracker biscuits. Yeah. You know, I think you could just have it on anything like that or a beautiful crusty bread. Oh, why not? Even actually an old stale crust if you just toast it and put some warmed dal on. I yeah. know. Sounds yummy, doesn't it? So that's our slow cooker one. And I think, you know, you could just leave it. And, um, and then after that three hours, you've got a lovely um, firm mixture of dal. Yeah, yum. Mm. Give it a go, something different, because people go. go, oh, lentils, they're boring, but you can spice it up a little bit well, yourself. Well, as you can see with yeah. the recipe we've just had, and um, yeah, and I think, yeah, just go for it. I love to think that our listeners are actually trying some of these recipes and, <laughs> um, you know, that I'm just um, not just saying it, because a lot of them I've tried, a lot of them I haven't, yes. but I'm hoping on behalf of me, that you're actually doing that. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm getting a little bit more confidence. I made, I was telling you off here, I made a soup again. And um, you you said, sh- what sort of soup? I said, I don't know. I just threw anything in. <laughs> wow, that's great, isn't it? Because uh. we've got a recipe coming up that's not a soup, but something... It's along that vein, is it? It's along that vein, yeah. Okay. So good on you, Tanya. What did you have with it? Nice crusty bread or? I had some some of those baps that you get from the supermarket. And they're like $3 for six of them. And they were in the freezer. So I uh, defrosted those. And then I put them under the grill with some finely chopped onion. And I had frozen parmesan. And then just toasted them. And the soup had... Oh, I can't remember all the veggies now. I had yams that I had to cut off the mouldy bits from the fridge. It had kumara, onion, that you're doing that. bacon bones, bay leaves, which I remembered to remove when I took it out. Good girl. But lots of um, split peas and dal, um, not dal, um, lentils. In oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went down well in your household? Well, only Tony and I ate it. But I did do, I ran a bowl round to mum on Sunday, a little click-clack oh, bowl. Oh, she would have loved she it. She said it was very filling. Yeah. Oh, very good, very good. I'm pleased that you're doing things like that. Tanya, we, we, we're educating her listeners. <laughs> I'm growing up, Gail. Look out. All right, now this is an old fashioned sounding recipe with damper. Isn't that an Australian thing? Well, I'm not sure whether it is or not, Tanya, but you know, uh, it's probably sort of similar to mouldy bread, should I say? But this oh, is a yeah. sweet one yep. because you know, you're sort of, um, you know, putting it into the round and putting it in. But why I decided on the spiced apple damper, I actually. Um, caught my eye of the old-fashioned apple jelly, which is going to follow this. And yeah. I thought, oh, it's got that spiced apple damper at the, above it. And I thought, why not marry the two up together? Because once you've cooked that damper, uh, you could have some apple jelly on top of it, you know, sort of have it um, with it, you Yum. know, with lots of butter. Oh, but always. anyway, we, we'll carry on with the spiced apple damper. Another simple recipe and sounds very interesting. And um, yes, I could be going into the supermarket and getting a 375ml apple sauce to try this because it looks so simple. So we're starting off with um, four cups of self-raising flour, one teaspoon of salt, quarter of a cup of caster sugar, a half a cup of full cream milk powder, one teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a quarter of a teaspoon of ground cloves, and a half a cup of water. And here we are, 375 ml apple sauce. But if you've got plenty apples, you know, all you're doing is stewing them and put them through your whizzle moolie and mm. that'll create the sauce or mash them with your masher. So same sort of thing, really. Could be just a little bit thicker, but that doesn't matter. Now you're preheating the oven to 200 degrees Celsius, so quite a good hot oven. Now you're combining the dry ingredients in a mixing bowl. Stir in the apple sauce and enough of that water to combine to make a lovely soft dough. And you're doing this on a floured board once you 
tip it out and pat it into a round shape and place it on a, a floured baking tray as well. Now use a floured knife, and we know why we use floured knives, to score the top of the damper into eight wedges, or if you think you can get ten, that's fine. They may not be as big. But we use the floured knife, Tanya, because it basically stops the knife from sticking to the to the dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do that a lot when I'm making stongs. I dip it in the flour or make sure I've got a little bundle of flour on my board yeah. and then I just get the knife and I just go pat, pat like that and go through the dough because it does save all that sort of sticking and you have to get out another knife and you've got to scrape it and all that. Oh, so I know. it is a saver. Yeah. And you're uh, baking it in that preheated oven that you've just heated up with 200 degrees Celsius and bake it for 15 to 20 minutes until well risen and golden and serve warm with butter and your favourite jam or the old-fashioned apple jelly recipe that I'm going to give you very shortly. Crikey, that's easy as. It is, and it sounds really, really tasty. Okay, you might say it's a glorified scone, maybe, but they call it damper, and um, I think it's because without the sauce... And maybe the full cream milk powder or anything like that. You could probably eliminate the spices. And when you're out in the bush, yeah. you know, it's a sort of like a bushman's yep. damper. is a bushman's sort of like bread. But this is, a, I call it a fancy one. But I'm sure it'll be lovely. But the old-fashioned apple jelly, this appealed because it was just two kilos of, you know, Granny Smith apples. And I just thought, well, that's simple. Get, you know, getting a couple of kilos of Granny Smith apples and, and caster sugar. So that's your ingredients, basically. So what we're doing with this is quarter the apples, leaving the skin on, then place in a large pot with five cups of water. Now cover and bring to a simmer and cook, stirring occasionally until the apples are very soft. So basically, stewed apple with their skins on, and there's Mm. a reason for that. Now, it says place a jelly bag over a large bowl or a bucket or a clean one and ladle the apples and the cooking liquid, the whole lot, into a bag. Now, I think I got a flour bag, and I think, the supermarket or somewhere will sell a handbag, a ham bag, not a oh, handbag. I've got two handbags. Yeah. Well, I think mm. they're porous enough yeah. um, for you to put through this mixture, not forgetting to put the bucket or whatever. Set up a system <laughs> on a chair. I've actually seen it being done for apple jelly. So it needs to be sort of muslin or a sort of like a an open type fabric so that the that juice can go through. Mm. But a handbag, if I remember rightly, that's quite... You could test it, couldn't you? You could put some water through it or something yeah, and see give how it a go, easy it comes. Because I know I soak my handbag in either vinegar or... Um, Lemonade before I put my ham in it, so oh. yeah, liquid can go through it to keep oh. the ham moist. Oh, yeah. okay, you and pour, you soak it in lemonade. Yeah, soak it in lemonade, and it keeps it in sweet and moist. Or you can do vinegar as well oh. with your ham. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe that's a little tip. It's oh. something my mum taught me. The hint from the big T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, that's good. But anyway, I think doing that mm. and sort out a system. I think I've seen it somehow over a chair. I can't remember, but. Just so that it's hanging over the bowl 
um, and preferably overnight. Now, you've got to be very good and don't squeeze that back. Don't squeeze it because you'll be thinking, oh, yes, I can get more out of that. But if you leave it overnight, it'll just naturally go through. And when you actually come to cooking this and putting this apple jelly into jars, it's beautiful and clear. But if you start squeezing it, you'll get cloudy. It wow. won't be like you can see through it if you don't, yep. you know, touch it. So hang the bag over a, um, a bowl overnight, and once you wake up in the morning and get going, discard the pulp, put it in your compost, then measure the liquid and pour into a clean pot. You'll need 450 grams of caster sugar for every 600 ml of liquid. So I'm not sure how much this actually does um, get. Uh, out of two kilo of apples, but there's your guide anyway. And heat liquid and sugar gently, starting off, stirring occasionally until the sugar is dissolved. Then increase the heat and boil gently for 40 minutes, and you're going to have to really resist this without stirring. So just a lovely gentle simmer. Just a lovely gentle simmer. I hope on low everybody's got a gentle simmer. Make sure it is doing that simmer for 40 minutes. Don't be tempted to stir it. Now, what I've done, and we've all done, if you've made toffee, you take out a teaspoon, you put it on a really cold saucer, mm-hmm. and, and then you tip it in, and then you can tell in about 30 seconds whether it's got a crack or it's nearly not far away. Same with apple jelly. Get oh. out a teaspoon, Put it on a lovely cold saucer that you've kept in the fridge while, you know, it's cooking. And then tip that teaspoon on and it'll sort of, um, a setting point, it'll form a skin. And I'm demonstrating to Tanya, and I know you can't see it, but I can't help it. But (laughs) you just skim your finger through it and you'll get an idea of that it's it's actually setting. Mm -hmm. So once it's reached that point... um, Take any um, scum that, you know, develops on the top of the, the, the liquid and just take that off and then put into your warm sterilised jars, you know, which you've probably left in the oven on a little heat like 100 or um, degrees Celsius just to warm through and then seal. And store in a, in a cool pantry because you don't want to go to all that trouble for it to go off or in the fridge and it will last for ages and... Um, can serve it on toast, beautiful, or with just with that apple damper that I just gave you the recipe for. So, you know, just remember that. And I think it makes 1.5 litres? Yeah, that's what I've got litre. here. Yeah, 1.5 litres of apple jelly. But I haven't made it, so I'm not sure. But I'm really keen on trying these two recipes. And it, may, it won't be next week, but when I've got a bit of free time, I'd like to try this and get back to the listeners and, and tell them. Because, you know, it's a cheap, sort of like, really nice, come out of the oven, um, comfort food, I suppose, if we're talking about comfort food. Because it's, you know, it's like a bread. Yeah, the damper sounds great. Mm. It's a bit of a fancy pants damper, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think the... the uh, uh, Granny Smith apples are, you know, coming out. And I'll tell you what I did spy too, Tanya. Yeah. We were talking about tamarillos last week. We were, yes. I've seen them in the supermarket. Oh, good. Mm, you might only need to buy one or two or three at the moment no, because, you know, they're first in season. Oh. But they are out there. 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll save that recipe to a little bit later on till they come down in price. Yes. Oh, look at we're just all over the place today. We've got dal, apple jelly, old fashioned apple jelly, spiced apple damper. What's coming up after the break then? Wow, surprise, surprise. Oh, like that, are we? <laughs> You're on Coast Access Radio on At the Table with Gail. We'll catch you shortly. Up in the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule. American history and practical man. You study him hard and hoping to pass. Working your fingers right down to the bone. Cooking the lunch room ready to sell You're lucky if you can find a seat You're fortunate if you have time to eat Back in the classroom, open your books Keep it, the teacher don't know how mean she looks Soon as three o'clock rolls around You finally lay your burden down Close up your books, get out of your seat into the slot You gotta hear something that's really hot With the one you love you're making romance All day long you've been wanting to dance Feeling the music from head to starting to sing the wrong words to that. I don't know about you, Gail. No, same tune but different words. But anyway, it's appropriate for us. Well, it is, yeah, because you, you told me, actually, because I'm not around kids. But no. school holidays have basically just about ended. That's school right. Monday. Exactly, yeah. So that's a really good song. And uh, I quite like Chuck Berry. Yeah, he's a bit different, eh? Yeah. School days. Yeah. Back in the school I wanted to sing Driving Along in my automobile, but oh well. Yeah, different words. All right, so we're coming back with a recipe here that I had a bit of a laugh about because I'm the, one of these sort of cooks. When I made my soup, I'm a real throw-together person. You said, what's my recipe? I said, I don't have one. Ah. But I had a look and I thought, has she sent me through something old here? Barren cupboards dinner. Makes yeah. sense, though. 
Well, when Tanya was talking to me about her um, her soup that she made, she said, oh, I even took out some yams and, you know, they were just a little bit, you know, over the date. <laughs> and I said, she said, I cut off those bits. I said, good on you, because that's what we're talking about with this um, recipe. When you've got a big family, you know, you've really got to look at stuff and just think you've got to toss anything in it. Mm-hmm. And this recipe is from a woman who um, had a household of 10. So basically... There was no waste, and I was really pleased to hear Tanya say that she threw this and threw that in and threw that in the soup, and I thought, good on you, girl. Too much of that stuff goes in the bin. Oh, I hate seeing food go to waste, yeah. and I know that there's the kibosh organisation. I know. And a lot yeah. of those food rescue organisations yeah. do good work with yeah, they making do, sure do good food work. Yeah, well, I, doesn't I, get to I, I like that, and it's nice that the people that give the food to them mm. – um, allow them to do that. You know, that is just great because, you know, um, I come from a family of one parent, you know, my mother was widowed and um, there was no waste, you know. If you didn't eat what was on the plate, well, that was it. You probably got it for breakfast or <laughs> yeah. you starved. Yeah. And basically, so we do see a lot of that. So this recipe is about food that's left over in your fridge or if you've sort of thought, oh, well, I had um, a little bit of silver beet left over and I've stuck that in the fridge in a little container, just look in your freezer and see what's there that you can chuck into this barren cupboard's dinner. And apparently it was quite successful. Um, you call your freezer a treasure chest because, you know, it really is great for putting those things in that you don't use at the time. Quite often it just gets scraped off. And if you've got a compost, I suppose that sort of helps me feel that it's not too bad. Mm. Or if... Like me, sometimes if it's crusts and things like that, I just throw it out to the birds or if it's something that really can't be. So I feel somebody's getting the benefit from it, but this is good for a a, a large family. So what you're actually doing is this is done in a roasting pan, okay? So you're getting finding some um, bread and you're rolling it out with a rolling pin, okay? So you might have, um, that's just basically to set it flat, if you can, into a, a, a meat dish. So you just get some bread, and we know sometimes you can buy cheap bread if you haven't got any home, because you can still make this dish. Mm-hmm. You can roll it out with a, a rolling pin and flatten it and put it in the dish. So now what we're doing is put six eggs, one litre of milk, two tablespoons of flour, one tablespoon of baking powder, one teaspoon of garlic chopped, one tablespoon again of chicken stock, and a half a teaspoon of mixed herbs. Now, um, you can, if you've got it, um, put in a cup of grated cheese because that always adds a new flavour to something like this. And mix in, once you've done that, mix in all your what we call new ingredients, you know, all the stuff you've taken out of the freezer or like Tanya with out of the fridge and just having a good look to see what can and go into something. Have a good look round and then put that um, into your pie di- uh, meat dish over your bread and then pour this mixture over the top and you're baking it for one hour you know and it's really and you'll see and you're not allowed to call it quiche because some people screw up their nose at quiche and 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 you're not allowed to call it um what else you're not allowed to call it um 
pie. Veggie pie or something like that <laughs> because because with the cheese and with the 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 um the crust would probably be quite crusty, you know, like firm up and crisp. Yeah. And um yeah, so absolutely just dish it up and she says, you know, that you can actually see them looking and thinking, Oh, that's quite nice. Oh, come back for seconds. So happy munching on this one. Really simple recipe, really for anything that you and if you have got a bit of leftover bacon or whatever like that I, I it's like virtually throw it in mm. and i know that you're saying don't call it a quiche but if it's got everything in it well <laughs> tends to be a little bit like that but um it's got the bread base so not really well, yeah yum, say that. but i think you know for catering for a big family this is economical i know it's got six eggs in it and stuff but Really, when you're dividing it into, say, 10 people, yeah, uh, that, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And you can always jazz it up for the kids with tomato sauce. You know what they're like. They get a quiche and then go I all know, over exactly. it. I know, exactly. They get anything and go <laughs> all over it with tomato sauce. So I just looked at that and I thought, gee whiz, that's an old recipe from a person that's, you know, had to feed a lot of kids and, you know, going through the years up to an adult's. And uh, I'm sure that must have been a staple on their um, on their menu. Absolutely, waste not, want not. Exactly. Like that. Let's go. Yes. Now, while you're talking about, well, actually, I was talking about sauce. Um, this is a bit sort of classier than tomato sauce. Well, it is, and I've I've actually made something very similar to this recipe, but not this particular recipe. And I must admit, it's very very nice, and it's a barbecue basting sauce. And if you want to zing it up, you can actually add a little bit of grated ginger or a bit of lemon zest to taste if you want to zing it up more than what I'm going to give you for the recipe. But the recipe for this is one tablespoon of butter, one uh, small red onion peeled and chopped, two small cloves of garlic peeled and chopped, one cup of tinned tomatoes in juice, and my... um, feeling is that you would get the chopped ones, you know, yeah. because otherwise you've sort of still got to bash them anyway. Well, mind you, I think it goes through the whiz this, so maybe it doesn't matter. One cup of water, a quarter of a cup of your tomato sauce, Tanya, <laughs> two tablespoons of red wine vinegar, one tablespoon of French or Dijon mustard, which I think is French anyway, one tablespoon of runny honey, three teaspoons of Worcestershire sauce and a, a, a chilli powder, I'd go quite light on that, maybe a, a sort of like a good pinch. And that's because, you know, I'm not particularly a chilli person, so I get a bit biased when I'm giving out recipes with chilli in it. So just to taste, um, you know, a good pinch of chilli powder and, of course, salt and pepper, your seasoning to taste. So you're melting the butter in a small saucepan and add the onion and the garlic and sauté for a few minutes until soft, our regular thing when we're doing that. And add the tomatoes and water and simmer for 10 minutes. Then add the remaining ingredients and simmer and um, stir for 20 minutes. So just stir occasionally. You don't have to stand there for that length of time. Then transfer the mixture to a food processor and puree until silky smooth. That's a a great, um, you know, saying for a sauce. Then um, season to taste and pour into a bowl and leave to cool. 
then cover and refrigerate. Now you can just use this for basting your barbecue meat and I think it makes two and about two and a half cups or something like that. So um, a lovely basting sauce, just have a, a, a basting brush, like, you know, a pastry brush, just out there on your barbecue. And just when you throw your steak on, just give it a bit of a brush over with that lovely, you know, just give it a good coating. And of course, I don't know whether people turn steaks on barbecue. Is that a good idea or does it make it tough? Maybe they do. And they have to turn it over and, um, and then baste the other side with this delicious sauce. Oh, yum, that's And it'll get right. used a lot in the summertime. Yeah, I reckon it will too. And keep it in the fridge. Mm. Oh, yum. <laughs> All right, of course, you can find these recipes and every week from Gail's show on Saturday morning on our Coast Access Radio Facebook page. So make sure you get them and have a go and get in contact. Please. Yes. Then we know you're listening. That's right. Yes. Well, I, I do spend a bit of time, you know. Yeah. I, you know. On a Monday night, I, you know, sit down and I go through some recipes or I find some ideas from somewhere. So, you know, I really take time. It's not just like going out and, you know, picking a book out of my my uh, very, very uh, good collection. And basically, I do look through and see what's suitable for all of us. Mm. There you go. Thank you, Gail. Thank you. See you next time. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.